Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me, as always, is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Well, we are back uh, once again. It's pretty crazy. Still doing it. Still doing the, 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 the COD pass. Too consistent. It won't last. No, never last. Uh, <laughs> we are going to run through, oh, let's see, what is this, episode three? Yeah, episode three, yeah. chapter 19, The Convert, Convert. within The Mandalorian. Uh, universally recognized is the second worst uh, episode of uh, this season. Oh, really? Uh, that's that's great to know. There's one worse than this coming up. I, I've heard I've heard a lot of people give this one a lot of crap, and obviously, when we get into the review, I'll kind of explain why that's sort of BS. Um, but <clears throat> I I know we're I'm not going to do anything spoilery, but like when we get towards the end. This is the kind of stuff that just irritates me. So we talked last week about, you know, we're going to get new movies, like three new movies focusing on different eras. You know, y'all know that we don't necessarily agree with all the directions that Disney's taken Star Wars in. That's no, that's not a, a secret. Um but boy, did I hear so many people complain about this season and the end of this season. Yeah, I did hear a lot of people. I'm pretty in the dark. I chose to be, so it wasn't a spoiler. But I did hear a lot of people complain about this season compared to the last two. They had just kind of fallen off. It was another disappointment from Disney. And I don't know. I haven't seen it so far. I haven't seen anything amazing, but. Yeah, and everyone's I, extremely negative towards I, Disney right now for varying reasons. So I, I have yeah. to wonder if some of it's just the mob kind of going after Disney in general. Right. Well, I mean, like I, I, I saw one specific comment from somebody who is like a, you know, like a co- like a cosplayer with the five of first, all that good sort of stuff. And just just the kind of crap, because it was like, you know, you get a lot of people who hate spoilers, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'm not a big fan of that either, but you know th- this person posted <clears throat> basically, you know, oh there's there's no spoilers technically. There's no in credit scene. There's none of this and there's none of that. The season is garbage because it, it, and when we get into the final, I'll try and remember to bring this back up because I think it's relevant to that final episode. But I just kind of looked at that and I was like one. I think it's dumb. First of all, this isn't Marvel. There, post-credit scenes. What what are we talking about? On every episode. <laughs> I I just I'm I'm not a fan of post-credit scenes anyway. But no, e- and honestly, if there was a post-credit scene, I would have missed it because I rushed right through. Yeah, I, I didn't. I well, don't finish so, credits so, very often. And so I'm just meaning this for the final, the final episode. Oh, I thought you meant this episode. No, okay. sorry. So for for the final, the finale, but. You know, you're you're talking about somebody who is a self-professed like Star Wars fan and and like just uh, does all the cosplays and and always seeing them get very excited about stuff. And I was, it was a little disappointing because like 
<clears throat> you, you know, you, you're seeing a lot of the hardcore fans being really influenced by this. And like Mando has largely been considered to be like the saving grace of current Disney Star Wars, I think. Um, yeah, the pinnacle for sure. Yeah, at least in the, the show line. I personally really, really enjoyed Andor. I thought Andor was pretty genius in, in the way they uh, did that season, despite a, a slow start. But man, I do hear about that. And I really, I have to question how many people are truly watching the entire season before they write their comments. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. But but under that comment, like there were people that were genuinely, you know, pissed off. It's like. I, I don't want spoilers. It's like, can you just like not say this stuff? It was like, well, it's not a spoiler. It's like, but it is like, yeah. you know, you're, you're giving this expectation, which is spoiling the potential end or whatever. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just odd. I've been seeing a lot of that lately and we've talked about it back and forth, you know, throughout the probably last two years about how unenjoyable the fandom becomes at times, you know, I think that the fandom has become extremely politically charged personally. Mm, and a lot no, of that has yeah. to do with, I think that a lot of that has to do with people's opinions of Disney as a company in general, not star Wars. And I can yeah. see where they're obviously they're tied in, but Mando, especially this episode has nothing to do with a, the political BS that's going on. So any just review bombing is kind of illegitimate in my opinion because of that yeah i mean right off the bat though imdb uh six thousand five hundred seventy six ratings this episode has a seven so not like garbage and and honestly there's only well the what's considered the worst episode uh is in the sixes so but like you know we, we we've we've been through the first two episodes so the uh, first episode, the apostate, uh, 7.4 last week's minds of Mandalore 8.2. And there, there's a lot of ratings. This isn't like a thousand ratings. This is pretty much all of these have had either on the low end, 13,000 on the high end, like 18,000 ratings. So like they're getting rated pretty, pretty heavily in that sample size. So, but yeah, I, I just, um, it's it's tough and and i feel like we talk about this a lot though you know which is also kind of kind of crappy too but you know it is sort of the state of of the star wars and so forth it's just it's kind of uh i don't know it's kind of kind of crappy we certainly didn't pick the easiest fandom to be a part of (laughs) no very very polarizing and i mean kind of goes to the diversity of the fandom I, mm-hmm. I will give it that. That's kind of a good thing in a way. Well, but yeah, I, the, I think it, it does have a diverse fan base. That there's there's a lot of different people who who really enjoy this stuff, and it's just I don't know. It's just sad when you when you see so much in the vocal dissension because like it happened to Star Trek too along the way. You know, some of the you know fans were not overly happy with like Discovery or Lower Decks or you know, even what they did with Picard and so forth. So it, it it's tough. <clears throat> it, it's, it's definitely tough. And, uh, you know, it's funny because you either want these things to be these in-depth lore monsters or, you know, you want to appeal to the super casual Disney Plus fans who probably didn't buy Disney Plus for Star Wars specifically. It's really hard yeah. to find that medium ground because they do have to 
sort of hit up on as much of the demographic as possible. But, you know, it, it's, it's just weird. And as we talk about this episode, it's just weird to me that, that like, th- you know, this one wasn't liked better by people, but I've heard people call it boring. Yeah. I can understand that. You know, it, it's stuff like that that makes you wonder if that's the true reason George gave it up. It's not because he didn't have ideas. It's just I think he kind of saw that he had created something so large that he couldn't manage it anymore. Mm. And there was such a diverse group of people to entertain that it's just, it becomes stifling, I believe, to try and reconcile yeah. that many people and not alienate people that, I mean, he, he cared about all his fans. He truly did. And I think the alienation of it kind of made it difficult for him. And <laughs> Disney certainly has the broad shoulders to deal with this. At least they should. Well, he, he got yeah. torn apart for the prequels. He did. Like pe- He got people... torn apart for having uh, a vision. And really, yeah. the thing that he created with that is so much more substantial than anything that Disney created. And I don't mean that in a slam to Disney, but it, it's a fact. I mean, they they haven't created the the type of backstory and lore that George did with the prequels. And... It's the mob being the mob. There's always going to be hate, unfortunately. Well, it's it's one just hate. like, what do you want, though? I mean, what it, what's what's the that's want? The thing. They can't agree on what they want because there's too much of an agenda, one way or the other, to keep it pure, to keep it, you know, move it towards a new direction. That what 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 does pure what does pure even mean? Because I, I mean, everybody gives Dave Filoni so many. Dave Filoni should run. You realize he's behind a lot of this. Like he's there. Yeah. Like the, yeah, he, he is. He's he not is not involved. In he's involved all the time. Everybody gave. Oh, John Favreau should take over for Kathleen Kennedy. Dave Filoni should take over for that. It's like, yeah, they're but you realize for her in a way. Yeah, they're there. They're there. They're involved in like all of this stuff. It's just kind of crazy to think that like. So you don't think that this is their vision? Now, granted, and you're right. Like, th- there's there's certainly a lot of agenda driven stuff in in, in um, just media today, trying to push a a more diverse cast, uh, letting more people kind of see them in quotations, see themselves and characters and so forth, and like. It, which it just baffles me because like Star Wars and Star Trek, both star shows have always been very diverse. Like th- there's, yeah. there's always been a diversity of a lot of different, different things. Now, granted you talk about the originals, you know, the, the original trilogy, you, you're shooting them in a specific time. You have one black character. We, we get that. But like since then there, there's been a lot more, a lot more across the board and heck even when you have um uh jar jar who uh ahmed best comes through and does jar jar you rip him a new one for years uh you know he was he was getting slaughtered out there um yeah not now that would be considered hate speech and racism ironically you would think to do that and and granted like i get it jar jar was a little annoying i think that they could have backed off and they obviously did in the subsequent movies but you know it wasn't that bad but yeah. it, it's just like now it, it's um it's almost like okay so the the mario movie 
what I've and I, I'm not gonna watch it. I don't I don't care. I, I I enjoyed the games when I was a kid. I I don't care about animated movies. It, it just doesn't do anything for me. I don't have the that type of nostalgia. Yeah. But I I saw so many things about well the audience was just a bunch of mid thirties to late thirty males and stuff like that, and. <sighs> You know, that nostalgia doesn't always reach everybody. Yeah. Well, and I don't think everyone needs to be reached, and that's something we need to accept with media. Yeah. I understand having diversity in cast, and I'm all for it, but I don't always need to be heavily connected with a character to enjoy them. I don't need to see myself in a character. Because what's the point in seeing yourself in a character in a movie? The point is to see something amazing and interesting we all leave pretty lead pretty mundane lives compared to all these heroes i don't see why anyone should be able to see themselves in these heroes well that, that i mean that's that's an interesting thing because you know there, there i think that there are two lines of thought for making connection with uh, a medium it's either you see yourself in the character or you just have really good writing that captivates you so you're either character driven or story driven but I think that there's a happy medium where you can just cast good characters and have a good story and have like a great story, even if it's like mediocre characters or something like that. And that was kind of like the joy of the original series. None of those people were known actors. I think, you know, yeah. what, what was it? Har- I think Harrison Ford might have done. He had done um, one movie, and because of that, he was actually consider- not considered for a long time because of that. He did uh, American Graffiti. graffiti. I, American Graffiti. Yeah. I was trying to think of it. And then yeah. uh, uh, Mark Hamill did one movie uh, mm-hmm. before that. I don't remember Carrie Fisher's uh, before that. She was a new actress on the scene. Yeah, fam- famous, famous mother. Um, yeah. But, but you know, you're, you're talking about an ensemble cast of people that – knew just knew that they were they were new people um and then well i mean like alec guinness had had his uh had his career he was he was far more accomplished well i think that was the point of it you had a yeah a character established who was a figure for wisdom guidance to a bunch of kids who didn't who were nobodies essentially and i think that was part of the story that's but, what George was going for. Right. And, and see, that that's the other thing, too, is that so you you rolled the dice on the actors, but you created this big, larger-than-life, great story, and then because of that story, you got drawn into these characters, and as soon as you start hitting Empire, you're not only bought into the story, but you're bought into the characters that are in there because of the story. But now we just want everything to be connect with the character, connect with the character, connect with the character. But you're not actually like treating the story with that much respect, you know. And I think I think that that's the disconnect, at least for you know that could be like for me and maybe a lot of people. I don't know. I think one of the differences in a story now compared to then. So like Han Solo is one of our favorite characters, obviously, but I don't yeah. feel like either of us connect with him as a person necessarily realistically i mean we don't see ourselves in him that doesn't mean that he can't be a good character that we can enjoy but i mean han solo is a character that rises above a lot of other good characters Mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons we like him i feel like nowadays the 
the the storytelling vehicle is to have a large cast of just really stupid people or incompetent people and have one person who you're supposed to relate to who is just the one awesome person in the room and everyone else is just shitty, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Mind my French, but I, I don't know. I just, it's not my type of storytelling, so I'm biased against it. I understand a lot of people like it, and yeah. that's fine. It, hey, you you can vote for it by going to see a movie or not going to see a movie. You have that right. Yeah. So, yeah. And not watching stuff doesn't make you one thing or the other. It just means that you're not into it, and that's that's not that's not a bad thing. Um, one thing that I, I did see a quote. I actually didn't vet this quote, so it could have been like a, you know, like a just a out of context or whatever. But there was something out there that possibly in quotations allegedly, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy had said something about you know wanting Star Wars movies to be more like a James Bond event. You know what I mean? And I, I thought that was kind of interesting because when did we want to be the big event like James Bond when we were the event? Like Star Wars was yeah, the event. Star Wars is the event. Well, it was. It was during Force Awakens. Oh, it 100% I would think was. That, I would think that's what you would want because Force Awakens was a rebirth of Star Wars and it yeah. was a massive success. Why wouldn't you want to emulate that? It's your brand. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they and, just... And, and is James Bond really that huge of an event when it comes out? I mean, we're both fans of it, but... And they sell well. I mean, obviously, they wouldn't continue them without it, but is there, like... Internationally. That many people just losing their mind because there's an announcement for a new James Bond? I think internationally there is. I, 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 think, okay. I think internationally, absolutely, but... The other thing about Bond was always that it, you know, he was in all of these locations. So it wasn't just like centered in one place. They had exotic locations, exotic cars, crazy weapons and gadgets and stuff. So it was like a larger than life spy movie. And, mm -hmm. I, and I think that that's what the, the captivation. It was such an overblown production for the different times in which they released. But I don't know. I mean, I think. I think that that kind of started to scale back, and no offense, but scaled back with the Daniel Craig era. Mm -hmm. Not that Daniel Craig was a bad Bond, because like Casino Royale is is good. I, I like Casino Royale. Um, and then what was the one after it? A Quantum of Solace. Uh, no, no, there was one after that. It was. Uh... <laughs> I always forget this because I I I, I was doing no. It was no. It was Casino Royale. Quantum of Solace, Skyfall. Skyfall. Skyfall was the guy, uh, was that the one with the, the guy who lost his face or whatever? Yes. Okay. So it was funny because when we were rolling up to the most modern Bond, which I don't remember, uh, it was it No Time to Die or something like that? Or Sounds about right. Something like that. Anyway, so I actually re-watched and I was like, oh, I've never watched Skyfall. <laughs> I forgot all about you never it. Never watched. Skyfall. No, I didn't watch Skyfall until just before the the you know the, the funny, movie hit the theater. I, I remember mentioning after I watched it, I was like giddy about how they like kind of reset back to the '60s in a way because they killed off um, M and brought in Q, so it was kind of yeah. a prequel in a way. 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting. That one wasn't necessarily my favorite, if I'm just being honest about it. But sure, I, I would yeah. say the last one, whatever it was called, was was not. Uh, I I didn't really care for that that one as much. It was fine, but it just wasn't the greatest movie. Um, Quantum of Solace was was fine. That was it was good. Um, yeah, but Casino was better. Okay, by far. I think yeah, Casino, Casino was the best of by the four. far. But. Um, but yeah, I, I think up to that point, yeah, you could absolutely say it. Because like 90s Bond was still pretty hot. I think the oh, yeah. 80s, there was a little bit of cooling. I think there's a lot of differing opinions about the, uh, uh, what is it, Tim, Timothy Dalton uh, era mm-hmm. Bonds. He, he had the two movies. Um, but then, you know, you're talking 60s, 70s. The were very aggressive. <laughs> What's that? The Moore fans were very aggressive. They well, I mean, Ro- Roger Moore was was uh, a good Bond, but he was getting old. He was getting a little yeah. too too old for the role. Um, but obviously, like '60s, '70s Bond, that was still a huge deal. '80s was was what it was. I I didn't mind Timothy Dalton as as Bond. It was just very dark. Um, yeah. But '90s was... '90s it definitely picked up a lot. Yeah, I mean, you had your action hero. You know, it's like Die Hard and everything else. They, it was unique but kind of a part of the time oh the 90s was action just action movie everything i mean harrison ford bruce willis um you know who uh tom cruise was was getting out at that time with the action movies everybody's vin diesel i guess maybe late 90s uh i guess maybe yeah I guess it was getting into it early two thousand something, but Low the Rock maybe at the end too. Uh, um, yeah, when when was his first one? Because when it I might be tall, pushing into early two thousands. I, I, I don't so, know. Maybe yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, Sean Connery era would have been at like maybe second third movie when it was really hyped up. That would have been an amazing time to be a Bond fan. Uh, yeah, I, I would. I would certainly agree. Crazy. But uh, but at any rate, you know, if you want to emulate that, you, you shouldn't have to. You, you already have the franchise that was that, you know. It's, it's th- really kind of scary to think that they're trying to get that far away from their own brand that they make a comment like that. Or maybe yeah. it's just they weren't considering the implications of that statement. And it, and it might not have even happened. I don't know. I just saw it and, I, and it looked legit. But... Yeah, it it, it kind of shows a little bit of the out of touchness. It's like don't try and be like another franchise. Build your franchise. You have this gift that you know. Even through Rise, you were still getting big money, but you got killed on Solo because you released it at a terrible time. It was terrible Same time. With Rogue. Same with Rogue. Yeah. I, well, I mean, no. I mean, Rogue One grossed over a billion dollars, so I it mean, was it was fine. But like, uh, still bad opinions of it though. And or no people, opinions, I should say. People need to get over that one. I think, I think long term, that one will still be a, a fan favorite. But like, if if you handle these movies the correct way, like you should, you'll be fine. You can reset it, but you need to give it time. You need to give it breathing room. You need to write it well, and then you need to find good. Just don't get a director that is like a new guy get and not JJ Abrams. Don't no. don't, don't, don't get like some big name guy. Get, get just and a don't go, go Marvel. Just yeah. Don't, don't go, go Marvel. Marvel. <laughs> D- t- and no offense, but like, I'm a little tired of Taiki Watiti. 
I'm a little tired of the guy. I liked him at first, but I'm not really a fan anymore. And I'm sorry, Marvel is Marvel. Yeah. Star Wars is Star Wars. And I'm not saying they are both big enough that they can be separate. I think so too. And I'm not saying he's like bad or he would do a bad job, but like the guy's outside persona that that I've seen is just it's it's like nah, man. I I'm, I'm a little over it. And like even the. You know the first Thor movie I liked. The second one was fine, and then it just sort of Love progressively and was terrible. Honestly, if I'm thinking about it, yeah. So there were a couple of moments that were kind of entertaining, but like yeah. the movie sucked in general. It's 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 too much meta joking, and, and it, yeah. it just kind of becomes a parody. So it's like stop laughing at yourself, and just start making just a, a good movie. You know, with a good plot, and I, I don't want to see Star Wars marveled, but you know we'll we'll see as we go, but. But yeah, you just need to get some tried and true people, you know, probably, um, oh, wow. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm whiffing on her name. Uh, Ron Howard's daughter. No, um, she's obviously uh, been all, I, mm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna absolutely hate it when, uh, when, when I figure when I, oh, for Pete's sake, what the hell are you doing? My computer's doing weird stuff. Uh, Bryce Dallas. Bryce Dallas Howard. There <laughs> we go. Yeah, so Bry- I mean, Bryce Dallas Howard could probably do one, although we've had some ups and downs. Um, even just bringing Ron Howard back in, I think, would be interesting. But you, you, you just got to get, you know, just get a solid, not the flavor of the moment director. Just get a yeah. solid, solid director, and I, th- and I think you'll be fine. Yeah, like make a solid five-year plan for this. I don't think they're. Wing it. I don't think they have the capability to do that anymore. I just think they're going to try and throw it, but we'll see. We'll definitely see. But anyway, just so that we don't continue this too awful long, uh, how's your week been? Uh, mundane to begin with, but it's gotten better today. <laughs> kind of falling into the middle management trap where I'm working getting into that and trying to transition from labor to managing people has not been fun, especially when it's a lot of under-motivated people. It's very soul-sucking, and I can't can't stand it. Uh, Did get a call back for a job, so and it's actually a local job in my hometown. Oh. Hybrid role, so I will be having a phone interview tomorrow for that, and hopefully that will go well. Cool, cool. Yeah, other than that, just still in the process of moving and uh, trying to cram much too much activity into very little time. <laughs> well, yeah, isn't that usually how it goes, though? I keep saying at some point I'm going to get back to a normal schedule where I actually, you know, have time to enjoy life. <laughs> I feel like I haven't had that since before I started school, and it just keeps rolling on and on. Yeah, that that's that's really not how it works. You know, life just marches on to its own beat. You you kind of get through it and, uh, you know, try and set the times you can. But but realistically, the more you fight against the flow, the the faster it seems to go. So you just kind of <laughs> kind of set yourself in there and go with the wave, I think. Yeah, for sure. What about you? How's your week going? Um, eh, not too bad. Just, you know, pretty fairly standard work week i guess nothing nothing too crazy i mean my my life does tend to sort of get in that mile a minute sort of zone as it is it's kind of hard to 
really get a, a ton done. Uh, I mean, it, it's funny cause like I'll, I'll think I haven't gotten anything done, but then like, you know, look around, it's like, ah, I guess I really did get some stuff done. Just never seems like enough. Uh, I need to be reminded on a daily basis that I got enough done. Yeah. <laughs> Faith. If nothing else, my wife is very good at reminding me of that because I'm a little too critical on myself with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Did buy a new grill, though. That was fun. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It was a grill. Well, you, didn't, you didn't get a auto-loading pellet smoker grill? No. Grill. I, I I think that stuff's a little bit too overblown. I, I It's it's way too many steps for, for just a grill. I've never I've never thought that that was, like, something I particularly wanted to do. I'm not one of those people who's, like, you know, I need to do artisan grilling after I've mown my lawn in my Birkenstock sandals. You know, that I'm never going to be that guy. Uh, I'm not into artisan grilling. I am interested in getting a better smoker. I'll, I'll give the auto-loading pellet smokers that. Uh, personally, I... I think the electric smoker works just fine for what I usually do with it. Um, I mean, I, I will give give it to, like, some of these other smokers that do a phenomenal job, but I am not that finicky. And, and when you get into a lot of the, like, you know, wood load, coal assist, all that good sort of stuff, it just, it's too damn much. It's just, it's too, too darn well, much. Kind of kind of why I want the pellet style because I don't want to put the effort into it to be quite honest even like loading my wood into the the small electric is a little annoying if like I want to cook something all day and then not be stuck there all day oh well I mean if you're if you're gonna do a you know big meats and stuff you, you pretty much just have to plan that out I mean we, we have basically yeah. the same smoker now and you know for mine I would load chips every hour. You know, every hour, Same new here. new set of chips, and that I've never had a bad result uh, in that thing. But yeah, I mean, there there are certainly some interesting smoking options, but I'm I'm pretty good with mine for the for the time being. I don't I don't get to smoke enough stuff as it is, but yeah, I would like to do more eventually. <laughs> yeah, I always say that's something I should do to like. Oh, I'm just gonna you know buy bulk meat at Costco and save some money and smoke like some chicken for my lunches and everything. Mm. And I never do it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Meal prepping and all that is a joke. Nobody actually gets that done. <laughs> It'd be awesome. It really would. It I used would to do be. it when I was like, ironically enough, like late teens, just working and I would meal prep all the time. And then I got a life <laughs> and meal prep does not, Everyone says they, oh, meal prep, you get more of your life back. It's like, no, I have a life, therefore I can't meal prep. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not going to take an entire Sunday cooking for the entire week. That's what you do. That's what you would have to do. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a full day, full day thing. And then I'll and tell like you what. I like fresh food. Yeah. I like fresh made food. I don't want mm-hmm. microwave food every day. We've discussed this. We're not leftovers, people. Two days after, that stuff's going in the bin. Yeah. I'm not constantly eating on it. Yeah, no. I mean, if it's like a really good soup, I'll consider it. But then, like, I have to portion out because if I cook it too many times, like the whole batch, it's ruined. Yeah, yeah. You can't cook it that many times. But yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm I'm not a big leftover guy. I couldn't eat the same thing every day anyway. I'll do I'll do dinner and then lunch the next day, and then don't talk about making that for a solid three weeks. Yep, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. 
Well, anyway, we're over a half hour, Mark, so, and no, well, there was Star Wars talk in there, but uh, we better get on to the main topic of which the title will be, or we yes, will upset me. the one person from forever yeah. ago, years ago, who said those horrible things on YouTube. Yes, and don't worry, one person. This topic will be just as interesting as our conversation <laughs> about smoking meat and meal prep. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, we we could probably summarize this 50, what, almost hour-long episode rather quickly, if I'm being frank about it. (laughs) It's not that it's boring, because I I do want to make a case, but the the actual, like, uh, whole summary, (laughs) it's it's very simple. It's a very simple episode, and it shouldn't be taken any more than that. So we do start off uh, with Mando and Bo-Katan in, in the mines. You know, they, they've bathed in the waters. Mando's getting a sample to bring back to his people. Um, They're no longer apostates. Yeah. And so they basically go to fly off and get, you know, ambushed by some, uh, some TIE interceptors here. Uh, that are well, that are basically like destroying Bo's home. Yeah. Which I did like one comment in the living waters. Bo's just like, you see anything while you're in the chasm? Anything alive? Mando's like, no. And I just imagine her inner monologue to be like, yeah, good. You don't see it. You're not taking this like you took the dark saber from me. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> mine. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we. We go back to Bo's moon. We have the attack. We destroy some ties. And then we are right into the actual crux of this episode. Ando seemed a little useless in this dogfight. He destroyed like one tie. It's fine, man. He, he, he's cool. He, he's fine. But it's Bo's fine. an awesome pilot. That was an awesome maneuver. So I appreciate it. Well, they're, they're, they're obviously wanting to, to really emphasize, you know, Katie Sackhoff's Bo Katan here. It seems to be like the big thing of the season. It's like we have to, we have to protect Bo at all costs, type of deal. Yeah. But in actuality, this episode winds up being more about good old Doctor Pershing. You member, member Doctor Pershing, member berries. <laughs> so we yes, kind of have Doctor Pershing. Yeah, we have we have this plot with Doctor Pershing and uh, Ilya Kane who. Uh, we saw a little later, you know, it, as a First Order member. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the sort of reintegration program for ex-Imperials. And I think that this is this is kind of like the subplotty kind of like aftermath book stuff where not all... Imperials, people within the Empire, not all of them were were terrible people. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were, but you did have an effort here to get some of these people uh, back into the fold. Now, it is eerily reminiscent of like stuff like Operation Paperclip and like all the Nazi reintegration too, which we probably shouldn't have done. Just saying we didn't need to help those SOBs out. This was Um, an absolute ripoff of that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and it is, it is topical. Um, yeah, because we, we, we talk a lot about like wanting to fight evil 
and then we let evil in our midst, midst a lot. And not saying like Dr. Pershing's necessarily like an evil guy, but as we see through this episode, his research is his drive and his research isn't something that we're necessarily wanting to do. But then we see the aristocratic Coruscant and you realize that the old empire or the, the old Republic is just a lot like the empire or the new Republic's like the old Republic, which is like the empire and all this stuff. So yeah, almost like none of these systems of government actually matter or change or get better. And they don't. And, and this is always like the biggest slap in the forehead when we talk about, you know, Mon Mothma's efforts and the, and the Repu- the new Republic's efforts and how, how little they actually changed in that time, how little they actually did to start making a better world for, for everybody else. They basically slipped right back into the, the mm-hmm. corruption, which then led to the ascension of Palpatine. You know, it almost makes you wonder if, like, in a weird way, with all of these references to World War II, like... Do you think Mon Mothma is supposed to be like a Churchill? <laughs> uh, no. I, I mean, for, from my standpoint, if we're going to do historical figures, I, I think, you know what? Actually, that's not a bad analogy the more I think about it because Churchill really was kind of, and no offense to our English fans, but like reading history and so forth, Churchill really towards the end of his power was kind of um, not a disgrace, but people really started to realize how ruthless he was and how while he was like a great wartime leader, when you get out of war, he, he really didn't quite fit the mold of what they needed at the time. You know, so sometimes you have you have people that just lead in certain eras and, and that's all that they're meant for. But yeah, he was wonderful for uh, motivating people through hell. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And that, that was his calling and <laughs> it was time to give it up after that. Absolutely. Through hell. <laughs> but he did, he came back, he came back later uh, as well. And you know, uh, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's tough, but yeah, the more I think about it, that actually is a pretty good analogy. Cause I was trying to think of some of the other world leaders at the time. And I'm like, no, that might be the most appropriate. Cause it's like, she was almost like a, a pseudo beacon at the time of the rebellion, but then really became ineffective within her own dream. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's actually interesting. But anyway, back to, back to Pershing. So he is, he gives a speech. He, he rubs elbows with the aristocrats who are all terrible people, uh, which I'm sure is a, an analogy for, you know, all the millionaires and billionaires today, because that's what we're supposed to think of them. And which is ironic seeing as you have a company that's one of the, <laughs> the biggest companies, richest companies out there trying to tell us to hate the rich, but not us. Cause we're the cool rich people. But anyway, that's a yeah. whole nother tangent. And then we have him coming back home to almost like this apartment block where all the Imperials are together. And, you know, we kind of like, you know, we're having a drink, we're talking about ration packs and old times and, and all this stuff. And, and it's, it's kind of, 
it's kind of interesting to see these people's, uh, you know, kind of perspective and also how they are like really accepting of Pershing as well. It's like, yeah, come on over. You're one of us. I almost expected them to be kind of crappy towards him being a, you know, a scientist versus the military. Yeah. It was interesting the route they went with that. And it is interesting that like, there's no, Seemingly, there's, like, no one just trying to sneak through this. Like, they all truly believe in the New Republic based on this conversation. So, kind of, kind of, not not to say that, like, the Empire deserved much better, but it, it kind of goes towards, like, the indoctrination that they yeah. went through in their program, which is essentially what happened. I mean, it's the same as what the Empire did, just a little less ruthless. Yeah. But it was. It, I, I did kind of enjoy this conversation, though. It's like, what do you miss? It's like, oh, I miss the lights of hyperspace. All the uniforms yeah. fit better. What do you miss? Oh, no, no, I, I'm glad the Empire's gone. It's like, nah, man, not <laughs> like that. We're all, of course, it's terrible. But, like, what do you miss? It's like, I do miss those yellow travel biscuits. biscuits. <laughs> I liked my biscuits. I, I thought my that was... Tis. It was it was kind of funny, you know, just like the the little things you become accustomed to in general, and when they're gone, it's it's kind of you know it's like losing comfort. Yeah. Uh, and then what happens? An entire crate of biscuits magically appear. Mm-hmm. They're just magically delicious, you know. Right after she gets through saying like, "Yeah, you can't find those around here anymore." Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we get into his day job, and he's basically scrubbing imperial data records uh they're they're not actually like learning anything from them and it's kind of upsetting because for him because he's like hey there's information on here and all it's like nah just we're we're scrub we're behind scrub it yeah i mean there's he's essentially potentially deleting his own life's work (laughs) yeah well and that's the uh, that's that's the other thing it's like it's a terrible decision what's what's the quote you know if you fail to learn from history you're doomed to repeat it there's a lot of information here that, you know, we, we talk uh, in Alphabet Squadron, uh, some of the the connection to, um, ah, crap, what was that operation? Uh, Palpatine's spite plan. Uh, Cinder. Cinder. Operation Cinder. Operation Cinder and how that was all interconnected. And then we learned further in that series about how many records he kept on everybody. You know, those are things that you could potentially learn from, but, like, they're, they're scrubbing it. And it's like maybe not the best idea. Like maybe you actually need to learn this, like categorize it, put it somewhere, so that you don't repeat it. But th- again, that well, doesn't. Oh my god, we've we've talked about this before. Not that it's a consolation prize or anything, but modern medicine is where it is because of the horrible things that went on in these yeah. wars. The, well, god awful things that happen, and to just. I completely understand the ethical debate of it, but to throw it away to make all those people's lives basically lost for nothing. Well, that that's why you really have to stop and wonder what they would think. Yeah. I, I don't remember the exact quotation, but that's kind of why the, um, the difference between good and evil is actually paper thin. The difference mm-hmm. between right and wrong is, is very, very close to each other. Um, and yeah, I mean you're right. If you want to continue down the World War II angle, there were a lot of things that, you know, unfortunately the Germans did, and then even the Japanese did, um, 
a lot of people don't don't necessarily think about that too much, but sort of the atrocities that happened to a lot of the Koreans um, mm-hmm. during all of that garbage, uh, you know, all very hard to, to even think about, let alone learn about. But, you know, the, the ethical dilemma is that, you know, if this knowledge helps save people, is it truly fully evil? Like the methods were evil, but is the knowledge evil? It's, it's a terrible thing. But, um, but yeah, obviously the new Republic is, is trying to scrub as much of this as possible, get the taste out of their mouth and move forward. And, uh, you know, instead of learning more about that, we go take a trip in the park. (laughs) Yeah. Let's great. Let's go get some light up suckers that we, we eat really strangely. I've I've just never melting. It's like, what do you mean? It's melting. It's not ice cream. It's just like. I've never really looked at people like eating an ice cream bar, but boy, do the two of these, these, these actors just make eating ice cream just look really awkward. (laughs) I want to know what they were told. Like, okay, this is what you're going to be eating, but this is how you have to eat it. Like, what did they compare it to? Because it doesn't even seem like they were told like, okay, act like you're eating an ice cream bar. Well, I mean, what would I do? I would start to like bite it. Like, I'm not going to sit there and just <laughs> awkwardly, you know, and just like lick oh, it all in place. Like, it's like a, a ring pop. Oh, like, God. I'm going to touch it, but I'm not going to do anything else. Uh, it was it was funny. But, but uh, you know, you start to see sort of this potential, like, I don't know, friendship between Kane and Pershing. And then uh, as we move on, we see Pershing going to this droid psychologist thing. <laughs> yeah. With the most generic, obvious questions possible. Really puts into perspective how little effort they really put into rehabilitation. Well, that, It wasn't really about rehabilitation as much as assimilation into a society. Yeah, it's like get, get over it, get with the program. We're not actually going to help. Because here's the thing. Think about how many people are just on Coruscant and in the galaxy in general. It would be like such a huge thing to give all these like actual psychologists jobs, but you have these droids, which who the hell knows if these records are even being reviewed. Right. Realistically, they're probably not unless they're pinged by the droid. Yeah. Hey, this person's probably a problem. All the good ones, nobody cares. Yeah. They're, they're just silently suffering. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's just, it's very mechanical. It's tedious. And then, you know, we're just sort of seeing Pershing, you know, sort of start to have some of that doubt. And then Kane's over here just sort of stoking it a little bit. It's like, you know, maybe I should do some of my research. Well, what do you need? Like a mobile lab? Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah. It's possible. I got you some uh, yellow biscuits, so we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, at this point in the story, I couldn't really tell the angle they were going with. I didn't think they'd go the route they did. I was kind of leaning towards maybe... I don't know. I don't know if I was thinking Remnant, but maybe First Order, like the first inklings of it. Yeah. Well, and I think I think that's yeah, I think that's what they're doing. Um, <clears throat> but we 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 see a couple of Pershing's days here. You know, he's at work, he's trying to make a difference. But it's like, uh, 
you know, in order to do that, you have to submit a form and all this stuff. I've never seen it happen. And it's, it's, it's that whole, it's that whole deal where the, the, the old bureaucracy is the same as the new bureaucracy. It's just bureaucracy. They don't actually want to do anything. They just want to keep pushing it forward, pushing it under the rug. So it's, it's interesting. And then uh, we get, you know, Pershing making a decision. He wants to continue his work. He's going to go get a mobile lab and Kane is going to help him get it. And then we get a scene which reminded me a lot of Rick and Morty on the train. (laughs) Tickets, please. Oh, my God. Tickets, please, guys. Ripped. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. It's an interesting creature. I kind of liked it. Not going to lie. Yeah, an interesting kind of droid there. But um, we wind wind up uh, basically, I, I think, to where, you know, Maybe Cal Kestis was working, <laughs> right? Yeah, just in the in the decommissioning yard here. Uh, It'd be funny if you just saw him climbing around in the background, oh just God. doing parkour. <laughs> parkour. He's but I can't think of his name now. But his buddy that gets killed in the beginning of the game is like Cal. You're gonna fall and get hurt. Oh God. Well, I mean, this is this would be a jump in timeline, obviously. Sure. But uh, it would would be kind of funny. But. Um, so we're going through this Star Destroyer, you know, looting. And then, uh, oops, Kane wasn't your friend at all. Big shocker. Set him up. Totally set him up. I actually didn't really understand this all that much. Like, I, I suppose the, the idea is that Kane is trying to get deeper and deeper. And if she has to burn people to be more trusted, I guess that's the point, maybe. Well, I tried to kind of go back. Like, did they interact even that much? Like, is there any animosity between them? And I just can't think of any. I don't, I don't think so. I think the idea is she's just trying to get deeper in and... Uh, yeah, ultimately he, you know, Pershing is going to be mind flayed. It's not a mind flayer. It's something similar. It's like it's totally cool. Don't worry about. It. I know what that says. I know. I know where it's it a is. trap. It's a did trap. You love, did you love? There was a trap, and then that guy just paused <laughs> for a second, like a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. It's <laughs> a trap. Yeah. Just like the idea of old monk. People being scared of traps in general, yeah. but you know, it, it's, I, I hate this part of the th- this part of the episode. I truly hate though because like it just shows how th- this makes me care so little of everything that Mon Mothma says about how they need to do better and be, you know, kind and peaceable when she, you know, she signed off on this realistically yeah i mean not not obviously directly or maybe directly but we don't know but i mean this is the same sort of barbarism that you would have seen you know decades ago when you know we were putting people through lobotomies and then shock therapy and all this stuff and you know not really understanding the mind all that much we're just trying to find uh you know quick fixes here take a pill here let me shock your head here 
let me do shut this. Up. Just shut up, essentially. Yeah. And it's and like ironically, it kind of contradicts the whole deal where they're scrubbing data from the Empire because essentially they're taking Imperial practices and slightly modifying them. Yeah. And then justifying it by saying it's a different machine. When yeah. It's not. Well, and the, the other thing, too, about this is, like, towards the end, one of the technicians is like, oh, you're real credit to the program. It's great to see how, you know, it worked for you, and, you know, it's too bad it doesn't work. But it's like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, those cops, cop things where they're, like, propositioning people. So they're not actually catching them in a crime. They're making that person potentially agree to commit a crime, like, you know, prostitution or drugs or anything like that. It's like... Right. Yeah, but you're a cop. Entrapment. It's essentially entrapment. But like, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think that that's the tactic they're using because they want to test the loyalty of these people. But you're not actually. I hate to say it, but it, it's like you're not actually helping them at that point. You're just trying to screw them over. Yeah. Well, and the blatant disregard for the guy's safety when <laughs> the one guy even says, "I'll be here." I'll be here the whole time. And they all just leave yep. and allow her to torture him. Well, like, how are you going to leave a machine running that's potentially so dangerous that could potentially kill someone, and then you all just leave them with the one ex-imperial yeah. who already is prone to bad moral decisions? Like, how freaking stupid are all these people? Yeah, and it's very strange because, like, wouldn't the system record that the voltage was turned up? I mean, aren't you going to see this guy literally just... If this isn't a mind flare, wouldn't you have not allowed the voltage to be raised that high? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's strange. Well, even, even past all that, maybe you don't catch that, but now you have this guy who's basically brain soup. Yeah, and 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 you're not... You're not going to see the recordings of that afterwards. You're not going to investigate this. Yeah, it was it was very very strange. Uh, I'm not, and, and she's that confident that they're that stupid that she won't get caught. Yeah, like there's just a lot of stupidity in that scene. That, like I said, it's not. That is the reason I don't like parts of the episode. Like no, the absolutely. Comments I've made so far. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But anyway, after that, we do get back to Mando and Bo and Grogu. As they head back to uh, Mandalorian Cave Planet with giant turtle monsters. Yeah, you know, instead of like earlier when we made the jump and then I got excited because I thought Mando was going to Coruscant for a split mm. second. <laughs> no, sir, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Mando has to, you know, he's, I'm not an apostate. I have a prostate and water. What? Nope. I mean, uh, just words. Here's some water. <laughs> Here's some water. So he uh, he he's got to prove himself, right? So we get the Council of Mandalorians, which is so cool, including the one really fat one. <laughs> not not fat, but like big band. Now he's a big dude. Yeah, he's he's a big old brawny guy. Big old guy. Is that uh, that no. isn't. It isn't still Favreau, is it? Because didn't he play so. that guy at one point in the season two? I thought he played the guy that's like the descendant of the one who created the dark saber. Or did he play the flamethrower guy? I can't remember. 
That's a good question. Now I'm thinking about it too much. I don't know. What was that guy's name even? You don't even remember, do you? No, no, I don't. Okay, fine. And the cast list isn't really doing it for me. It's whatever. I, it, it, it's cool. So anyway, we have our council. And, um, you know, Bo is keeping her helmet on, by the way. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. We do show the waters. Mando's accepted back. And then we even actually get the acceptance of Bo-Katan as well. Because she's Yay. bathed in the waters and hasn't removed her helmet since then either. Yay. And if this was the real Bo-Katan, she would have taken her helmet off right then and there. (laughs) Now, as we get further into the storyline, I got to tell you, I I don't necessarily mind a lot of this interaction, but we have to get further. We have to get further down. Um, Because I know in the beginning, I thought the cult stuff was getting a little corny. Um, but you know, not to spoil anything or go into other territory, but I, I let's, let's hold off and, and wait a little bit. Cause I, I, I think you'll, I think you might like some of what's coming up. So, okay. But anyway, that's surprising that's, coming from you because neither yeah. of us like the cult stuff. Yeah, for sure. But this is the end. Yeah. That's the end of the and episode. It is also the way it is the way. So I guess, um, unless there was anything else you wanted to chat about about the episode, we can go into ratings, but what do you think? Yeah, so uh, IMDb is a 7, you said? Yes. Okay. Uh, you know, it's not that it was a terrible episode. I'm not going to be a part of the mob. But it, it was pretty basic. The story was almost uncomfortably self-sustained. Um, contained. I can't say that I don't like Dr. Pershing, but I can't say that I wanted to dedicate an episode to Dr. Pershing. It just didn't really interest me all that much. Not a terrible episode. I did like learning the politics of the New Republic. I want to know how terrible they were, even though I had a pretty good inclining of it. It just reinforced it for me and makes me care even less about characters like Mon Mothma and uh, you know, pretty much anyone running the New Republic at this point, which maybe that's a good thing that Leia's really not like in the forefront of it. Like we talked about this in the uh, Princess and the Scoundrel books. Yeah. It, maybe it's a good thing that she's like taking a vacation and like trying to deal with assassins and stuff at this moment instead of making terrible decisions along with the rest of the New Republic on how to deal with people. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just not a lot to talk about. It's not a terrible episode. It's not a great episode. It's an okay episode, so 7.2. Okay, okay. Um, but I'm not complaining. It's, it's a filler. It's an extreme terrible. filler episode. You're a ter- terrible person. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I, I have to agree with you. It was um, fairly middle middle of the road ish episode. I, I did like the kind of look into, um, the, the look into how the Republic is actually running right now, because I do think that it's important to like, not put people on pedestals, um, and to kind of look at things the way they are. 
And so I didn't hate the episode at all. I found it interesting, far, far more interesting than I think a lot of people did. It's not, again, it's, it's not the worst episode uh, at all. It, it has a lot of, a lot of good stuff in it. Now, I don't necessarily um, know that Pershing is the most interesting of characters here. Uh, I, I don't know if Kane's um, storyline is one that, uh, that people are going to be super crazy interested in. But, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with it at all. I'm just... I'm not sure that it's like the, the thing that everybody's like grappling for. Um, but I, I think it is important to, to point out, like, even when you think you have the, the best government possible, the reality is, is that it's not really always going to be the best. Not again, there's no one size fits all thing. Um, but I, I will say that there are a lot of people that just want to see Mando. They don't really want to see side missions, but I, again, I think it's important to see the greater scope you could have just inserted Mando into something here that might have been better. I don't know, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't. It wasn't great. Um, I I was I was just gonna do a seven point five and leave it at that. You know, fair to Midland episode. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing crazy. But you know, worth a worth a watch at least at the very least. Yeah, yeah. Probably one of the weakest in the series. I'd say if I had to kind of guess. Not that I remember all our ratings, obviously. Yeah. But, but that that does go to the strength of the series because even a very mediocre episode for this series is better than a lot of the decent content for a lot of the other Star Wars series we've watched. Yeah. So I'm not going to complain too much. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, I think that's about it. So any other last words? I do believe we are done here. Good deal. Well, if any of you would like to interact with us on the socials, uh, just get out there at TC Plan Podcast, Twitter, all that good sort of stuff. You can also send us an email, tcplanpodcast@gmail.com. If there's any topics you would like us to discuss, uh, you know, whatever that might be, we're happy to uh, hear from you. But uh, I think it's about time for a sign off. So y'all have a good rest of your week. And as always, may the force be with you.